and that's and that's my concern is that you know when it comes down to it somebody is going to make a decision at some point and there are going to be people that have to stand up and say no now whether or not that comes anytime soon is a whole different question simply because um you know there you're already starting to hear you know rumblings inside of russia about the way that the war is being run the way yeah. that losses are starting to tally up the way that you know the average russian is being affected by you know the sanctions that have been put in place uh-huh. and at some point you know there's going to be a reckoning for putin and there have been multiple i mean there's been some serious ones where it is be- where i think one politician said you know when when the tides have turned against russian leaders you know one has to consider it is best to leave on their own two feet than it is to leave in a bag it is time now for something positive we might be headed to the promised land of speaking the truth and finding our external liberty once we internally liberate ourselves problem can only be solved when there is a kind of coalition of conscience, of conscience, because conscience. that is how it works. This is the beginning. It is not the finale, and that's why we're here, and that's why we rally, 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 rally. We've got to be that creative minority. Creative minority. Creative minority. Find a way to get in the way. I got in trouble. It was good trouble. It was necessary trouble. Franklin, I know we've got to do something. Hello. I was just going over like one of my favorite stats for this is the countries that actually listen to us, you know? And I was just I was just noticing I mean it's been like a week of straight coverage about the Queen, but then I look and it's the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, Australia, and I'm like, golly, we were all colonies of of that Queen. You know what I mean? So Hi, well, everybody. <laughs> at, at one point in time, we were called colonies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, imperialism, it, it gets a bad rap because it's a shitty system. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? But everybody seems to be okay with it. And we're the only ones out of that group that, like, opted out. Yeah, we, uh, out, of those, out of those ones listed. But then yeah, you've, got, yeah, yeah. you've got so many others that were a part of you know, like you had India, uh, Pakistan, you right. had uh, British Palestine, you had, um, I uh, believe there was the Bahamas, a right? Uh, well, I mean, uh, Bermuda. Bermuda most recently just opted out. Yeah. Uh, it, I didn't was think it of Bermuda that. or was it? Um, I thought it was the Bahamas. There's a couple down there. Um, there's the British Virgin Islands, Barbados, uh, because it's where Rihanna Barbados. Yeah, yep. yep. There's yep. there's a ton. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of countries that have opted out, and here's what I would say is is that the majority of the countries that have looked for and gained their sovereignty from the British Crown have been places predominantly not white. Agreed. Agreed. Um. Let's see here. I believe, you know, there's a few exceptions, you know, like the United States. I want to say. Well, we were, we were a majority Brown when we, when we removed ourselves. Right. 
like we were like 200 2000 white people in a in a country full of brown people at that point i mean it's a technicality but i'll take it it's a technicality um but like um uh, let's see here i want to say like south africa was um zimbabwe at one point was but right. zimbabwe that's a long history of you know zimbabwe rhodesia yeah. Kenya, um, mm, south africa so wow. so you have like a there's a ton of there's a ton of places that you know w- that were carved up you know the, the saying used to be that the sun never set on the british empire and that was true that is true I mean, I'm thinking about that during the Queen's reign, all of that, like that was a huge portfolio to take on, you know, and you still have places, you still have places all over the, all over the world that, you know, no matter what people might say, you know, the, there's a great question about why the Falklands belongs to the UK. But when you look at the majority of who lives there, yeah. white, white British people. <laughs> I mean, Guam is ours, right? We're okay with that. <laughs> it's in the middle Puerto of Puerto Rico. Yeah. Yeah. Puerto, so. Puerto, well, and, and, but even then, you know, Puerto Rico has been trying to gain statehood for a long time. And, and the funny thing is, is that like, that has been one of those ones where, you know, that, that one has stood on its head for me because, you know, Puerto Rico is going to be a not a very liberal place. In fact, it's going to be very conservative. You would think that conservatives would be the ones that'd be like, two more, two more Republican senator seats. Sure, why not? Yeah, well, there's this, there's this bag of issues that people use for leverage in times of election. You know, and it, it, they mm-hmm. never like abortion. They never intended to 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 fix that. It's just something in our bag. Gun rights. Um, education it's these things we never plan on doing but we bring them out during elections like puerto rico should be a state oh it's a political issue no it isn't they just need our funding when they have a crisis but other than that they don't want any part of us you know (laughs) you know and and but i mean that's the thing is is like you've had so you've had a couple of different votes for statehood in puerto rico but yeah you know the first time the we told them no was because there was some major debt issues that were happening and you know we weren't going to take that on supposedly. So, I mean, yeah. politics aside, you know, that's it, it, that one kind of is, is that one stands on its head because, you know, you've got the Democrats who are like, yes, you know, more Brown people as a part of our country. Mm. And then you have conservatives going, but we don't want the Brown people, even though they're conservative. <laughs> right. Cause it's not a split along those lines. Immigration. I mean, that's in the, people are busing immigrants to sanctuary cities and the sanctuary cities are like thank you and they put them right to work you know they give them insurance they give them a place to live and they put them right to work and i think that's fascinating because when i watch like ron DeSantis go ha 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 they're crying now they're not they just wanted a little warning so they could like you know get some stuff to plan ahead but if this is how you're gonna do it we're gonna take care of people because we have plenty of room for i mean we have four million jobs open for all these brown people you know there's plenty of stuff for them to do <laughs> at a minimum we have four million open for them i mean last yeah. i looked it was 12 5 total yeah. openings now there's a lot that are highly skilled and things like that but mm-hmm. you know there was quite a there was quite uh what we would call low skill which i that's one of the things this is that i i hate that high skill low skill like yeah. that that defining line doesn't make any sense 
you know, because what is, what is plumbing? Is that high skilled or low skilled? High skilled. You would think. Yeah. 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 It's, but it really, what they're, what they kind of define it on is like the manual labor versus Uh blue collar, white collar. Right. Yeah. And, and, and I mean like, yeah, sure. You know, uh, you know, things like computer sciences are going to be, you know, more, uh, in the tech, you know, the high, you know, high tech industry, but sure. in, you know, this, but in every other industry, yeah, sure. You know, you know, trade industry or even things like, you know, just stocking, waitressing, whatever mm-hmm. may you may have, whatever you yeah. may be cleaning. It's not, it, it's, it's not low skill, you know, it's, you know, that's, I think it's, it's, it's an unfair mis It's yeah. an unfair misnomer. It's you try it's, and process chicken on the line. Fuck that. Right. Right. Or, you know, you go clean, you know, somebody's spunked up hotel room. <laughs> I was explaining to my friend that a farmer can grow a thousand acres of cabbage and you'll get a good price on that cabbage. But if he only has the labor to actually harvest a hundred acres, he's still going to charge you for the price of a thousand acres in the hundred acres. And that's why our food prices are up is because we don't have people that are willing to harvest the food. And that's the misnomer. Immigrants aren't the reason that prices are up. They're the reason the prices would go down. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because they get, they get paid minimum wage to do a highly manual job. That's right. That's right. And they do it in blazing conditions. Like we talked about, uh, an immigrant dies every three months from harvesting food. And the other thing was his, his friends were telling him that, you know, the government, they don't want to pay for immigrants. They just come in. And I had to explain to him, the federal government just allows them in for a, a, a hearing, you know, come across the line, you're in danger, come here, we're going to give you a hearing to see if you're really in danger. And then it goes from there. But if you go to if that immigrant then goes to California, California then funds things for them. If they go to Florida, then Florida doesn't does doesn't do that. Chicago, Illinois, you know, there's these different places where an immigrant can go for assistance, and then that assistance is sometimes funded by the government. Sometimes, sometimes. Uh, most of the times, no, it really isn't. You know, it, it just because you have you have federal rules uh that have to apply and right and usually you get you know you might get a temporary status uh you know like if you're an asylum seeker exactly but that temporary status has some extreme limitations on it Mm -hmm. you know so and more often than not it's you know you come you're trying to get your asylum hearing but you can't do anything you can't work you can't you can't, you know, send your kids to school. You can't do any number of things. Like they'll have like special schools set up. Right. In Chicago, you, if you come across the border, you can send your kids to school that day. And I like that. I have family that did that from the Philippines. They were running from Duterte and yeah, they were like, what do we do for school? And they were like, let's try enrolling them. And it worked. And one of the kids was totally blind and the assistance this kid got was just, it wasn't costly but it was supportive it was people that were there anyway but also helping him and i like mm-hmm. that and i i like being that country you know you know and and we've talked about this multiple times you uh-huh. know there's a difference between you know economic asylum versus political asylum you know uh-huh. 
and and in the United States, we've we've leaned very heavily on that, um, on that differentiation, you know. And we've talked about it on the show quite a bit, you know. Economic asylum only goes so far, you know. You can't, you know. At there is a point, you know, it's not right now, where the number of people that come seeking jobs you know, is going to be greater than the number of jobs that are available. And we saw that for a very long time. Right. And and that, and ultimately what you have to do is you have to fix the labor conditions in the country that they are coming from, or, you know, in the case of political asylum, yeah, the, the chances of them going back and getting killed are, you know, extremely great. Right. And so, you know, what it boils down to is, is that the United States policy on, Asylum has been busted, you know, on, on people seeking asylum has been busted for multiple reasons. Number one, Agreed. It's, 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 you know, what, if, if we just discount the whole people trying to come across the border, let's, let's just leave that out. Uh-huh. The issue of why people are coming across the border hasn't been addressed or fixed with right. our, our, our partners in, in this sphere. And Not in a meaningful way. We throw money at things, but it, there's no meaning behind it. Well, the, the last time we threw money at it was just so that way we could keep people on the other side of the border. And that right. doesn't, that also did not fix things. Yeah. We used to yeah, give you, like billions of dollars to the triangle, the, the central triangle, just to keep people there and keep them in good conditions that's not going to work you know without it, without people coming here and learning what america is and then going back home and building it then they're never going to have anything other than what they have because that's all they know a rainforest and, right and and unfortunately one of the things that we consistently see and consistently deal with is the amount of corruption in a lot of the central american countries i mean don't get me right. wrong it's it, i i'm not going to say that it's any better or worse than the other number of countries that we work with they're all corrupt people are corrupt people are easily corrupted and i mean you know we can even talk about that in terms of our own system. well people that are easily corrupted find their ways into position <clears throat> of power i'll say that uh, i would i would agree with that and and the reality is is, is that and, until you know until countries get sick of that, uh, until the people of those countries get sick of that and decide to stay there and fight, yeah, you know, that's, that's going to be one of those things, you know, look at Ukraine, for example. Yeah. Ukraine yeah, has, Ukraine, I Ukraine love has, Ukraine has, has had its issues with corruption and I would argue it probably still it does. Still does. Right. But you know, the thing is, is, is that, you know, when you start to make honest progress on that corruption, you start to piss off certain people and mm-hmm. that those certain people are now not getting their money. And that's right. That's right. You know, that's, that's one of those things uh, that you know, we, we, we should, we should be trying to deal with now, you know, the biggest issue for corruption in, you know, uh, central and South America has been, you know, drug money. That's been one of the biggest ones, right? Colombia so, legalizing cocaine. Good idea. I mean, Hey, you know, that's, that's one of those things where people are, you know, we've, we've talked about the whole legalization of drugs process. Right. But never really cocaine. There's a lot of medicinal uses for it. You know, there can be. Yeah. But unfortunately it's more of a party drug than it is anything else. Oh yeah. And Oh yeah. You know, and on top of that, you know, when you have the amount of money that the cartels have, Mm. you know, and like you said, people are corruptible. Right. (laughs) you would think that it would take an extreme amount of money to corrupt a person, 
But when a person is trying to think about how they're going to live their best life, how they're going to send their kids to school or even keep their kids from getting whacked by a cartel, you know, obviously, you know, your position changes now for better or worse, you know, this is an interesting one. You know, Donald Trump threatened to, you know, send drones into Mexico to strike cartel positions. Uh huh. That is, yikes um that is yikes of course it is it is yikes but at the same time you know when you look at the what the those cartels have done in mexico where you've got them murdering 48 students and burying them in the desert you know any number of people who've been killed or murdered and buried in the desert any number of politicians journalists that have been killed you know been murdered and buried in the desert you know at some point you know the question becomes are they actually a terrorist organization? Well, you well, I'll, while you were saying that, I was like, Bin Laden told some people to fly planes into the towers, and we didn't stop for 20 years till we got him and his vice, right? And we exactly. went into four countries to get that. We don't, we're not, not going to go into Mexico. We just don't have a plan. The, the problem is the cartels give money to the politicians, so the politician will let them be a cartel instead of, the politician on the other side taxing the cartels so that same amount of money then goes into the effort to fight it you know what i mean like you can regulate cocaine producers in colombia if you legalize it and then use the money that you would be taking behind the back up front and then using that in systems that would fight and regulate you know push against the expansion of it you have to think about it as as it's compared to other things. It's relatively low, low risk to be a member of the cartel. And in a lot of cases there have been, you know, where the government has failed to step up and, and help the people, the cartel hasn't. And right. so you, you have some favorable thought processes, you know, for cartels simply because they've gone into places mm-hmm. and provided stability and, and paying jobs for the people that have been looking for work. And that's you right. Know, so like there is no good answer there no. really there really is no good answer on this because and, not not dying is better right right that's how the afghanistan yeah. felt they were like we could die in this war or we could just let the taliban bring peace about so that we're not threatened every day you know and that's and that's the other issue is is that you know we could lev- we could wage in afghanistan and mexico mm-hmm. and the question you know you would ultimately end with is you know, what's the end goal? Is it just to remove cartel people? Is it just to, right. is it, you know, we've been fighting this war on drugs for, you know, since fucking Reagan and how well has that worked? Right. Well, but there's ways we've subverted governments. We, we buy land. We just start buying a lot of land and then suddenly it's ours. We, <clears throat> we run candidates that we feel would be better. You know, I, why has no American like gotten their Mexican citizenship and then run for president there, you know, you know, like, and, and that's one of those ones where, you know, there is, you know, there is no good answer and we have to be comfortable with that, yeah. you know, unless there becomes a clear goal. And if that that's clear right. goal, if that clear goal is the end of the cartel, you know, you are going to have to be prepared to wage a hell of a war, but it can't just be a military war. It has to be a, it has to, it, that's right. Quote unquote hearts and minds. It's three. Prime, gotta, right. 
you've got to you've got to fix the financial corruption you've got to fix the cartel but then you've also got to fix the economic conditions that have created this power vacuum that have mm -hmm. allowed the cartel to become what they have i just think there's a lot of money flowing in mexico it's just all mm -hmm. behind the scenes you know oh, what absolutely. i mean, and that's I mean the problem. absolutely the and same until... thing with russia if you put all the money up front that you have behind the scenes to, to sold your own life the country would be better you know you know, and that's and and that's the that's the thing about corruption. It's it's not unique to it's not unique to Mexico. It's not no. unique to Russia. It's not unique to places in Africa. It's not right. it's not even unique to the United States. Well, of you know, course, drug manufacturers could lower their prices or pay to have three lobbyists for every congressperson, right? Like, why are you spending billions of dollars to regulate yourself when you could just use that money to lower prices? So it's here too. It, it's everywhere. You know, and that, absolutely. And that's the thing is, is that, you know, it just, you know, there's, there's legal and then there's illegal and that's the difference. And, and, and mm. one of the other things that, you know, we never really talk about is the fact of what is legal, you know, cause in a lot of places around the world, you know, greasing palms is a very legal and very necessary thing in order to get your business, you know, up and running and done. Oh, agreed. And, and, you know, in the United States, we would go, Jesus Christ, if anybody did that to a state official here, you would, you would see bribery, you'd see corruption charges, you'd see uh, crony mm -hmm. charges, you'd see any number of different things. But, but yet, in, um, in other my, countries, a, like, mile uh, of, a mile of subway here costs eight times the cost in, in France. Yep. Uh, but in other places, you know, if you want to get a business up and running, you know, there, are, you know, there are certain places where paying officials is how you get it done mm -hmm. and it's yeah it's, malta for instance it's legal it's it's legal in that country and that's you know an accepted and and understood business practice so right you you know this is one of those whole <laughs> what you think is moral and and ethical and legal versus what somebody else does are right. often well, very different spheres the guy getting the kickbacks in a small country because somebody wants to build a business there he also doesn't make the money that a big a big like a vladimir putin or a joe biden makes right like i'm guessing the guy that runs malta doesn't make four hundred thousand dollars a year to be president and so maybe maybe a small kickback is just that thing that keeps him going and it works you know i it's use malta awesome. because i know they're a mafia mafia based um government kind of and i like that i don't mind that everybody's happy they don't want crime either you know well that's just it is is, is that you you know there's a there's a lot of different things that you know you can you can mm -hmm. look at and you can judge it's you know, all there up. were oh god um i you know if i remember correctly even like new york and chicago back in like the 20s like during prohibition there were places that they would pay the mafia for business protection and right. that way you know it's you know you consider it security costs mm -hmm. of doing business you know there were there were enough people that were willing to look out for local businesses you know simply because you know they had paid the mafia and the mafia had the men yeah. And so you'd have like entire blocks that were, you know, considered quote unquote mafia run. But the reality was, is, is that there were businesses that were mafia run, but there were business, a lot of businesses that were mafia protected community policing in its own way. Right. Now, it's just it's, corrupt, corrupt people found <clears throat> power. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, 
there was good there was good mafia dons you know like everybody loved al capone he did some bad things because he was a warp-minded individual but he did keep his community safe for a long time and boston was the same way with uh whitey bulger i think mm-hmm. like people liked being safe and all they had to do is but then the cost goes up the cost goes up because people get greedy the you know the the organism grows and it costs more and and so that's where you know the squeezes came in and there was no negotiating with the mob and and that we have that all over the world it's just how do we how do we deal with it but i think people are complaining that that you know people everybody's corrupt right but the truth is is maybe it's just the system truth is is that it's often just the system you know but then you have the question of does it does another system have less corruption i I I take it takes involvement with the people the people have to just pay attention like here's the thing about like immigration george bush tried fixing immigration he couldn't do it barack obama was the deporter in chief he deported more people than anybody and then donald trump came in he deported less people but he was louder and meaner about it and now joe biden's in power and honestly jeffrey i pay attention to this and he hasn't made one meaningful change to the system he he tried stopping title 42 but that didn't work that got bogged down there's still kids in cages there's still nobody seeking amnesty we allow two hundred and fifty thousand people a year to come in via amnesty we have allowed 22,000. So it's not like Joe Biden is is weak on immigration. He's using the Donald Trump plan. And so when I say we just use this shit for election purposes, that's what I mean. Like Mm -hmm. brown people are still getting deported in mass. If they're illegal, that's how it should be. But we should be also giving a path to the people that, that deserve it. And we should be giving them career choices because an immigrant that will do that plumbing for five to ten dollars an hour puts a a union guy out of business and makes union prices higher you know what i mm-hmm. mean and so there's this we need to balance that and we need to regulate them like i think to myself greg Abbott doesn't want immigrants in his state why doesn't he just blow up the bridge between his state and mexico right Oof. because because they're just walking across it but he's just making this a political thing look we have immigrants yes you do and they work and they live and they do they have they cross and then they go back home you're catching them in their day labor and shipping them to fucking chicago like (laughs) that's a shitty thing right you know and and honestly that's also how you end up creating you know uh work vacuums Uh uh-huh you know they're gonna you know they're gonna work in places and people are gonna hire them in places where they know they can i mean you look at any number of the places that have, you know, in, in the liberal parts of the world uh, of the United States that have, you know, manual agriculture, you're going to see a lot of those people end up working there and you're going to see food prices locally drop there simply because right. there's now going to be additional labor that they haven't been able to get for a long That's time. That's what I thought Texas, I thought Texas was that. I mean, with all of the ranches and all of the farms and all the production that they would have, I thought immigrants would just be so welcome in Texas. And I'm finding out that's not true on any level. But North Carolina, they do a lot of uh, sweet potatoes. 
harvesting and they use manual labor for that because a lot of the farms are 100 acres or less you know what i mean and so that works for them and they bust the immigrants in and then the immigrants go to their shack where there's no air conditioning and then they go back you know we talked about that but there's a use for them and we i don't white people don't want the jobs they don't nope. want to pick cabbage so why you would rather have high costs in food because you're xenophobic and that doesn't make sense to me you know well i, I mean the, the 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 whole thing doesn't make sense i mean realistically yeah. like whether or not you whether or not you you know liberalize or or you know open up immigration policies or whether or not you just liberalize green card policies you know mm -hmm. something where somebody can come in and work you know uh, yes, as a migrant please, labor for please. a specific amount of time but then they have to go back home you know a lot of countries have very specific rules like that uh -huh. um, like for example a couple that i'm familiar with georgia for example uh, allows you to live in the country for up to one year um without any type of a visa but then you have to leave come back mm. in order to live for another year so they have, you know, I think it's, you have to leave for a month or something like that, you know, so you have ways in which, you know, other countries have kind of figured out, it's like, oh, hey, so I can take advantage of this, but like, if but you want to become a citizen, that's a much different path. And you, right. have to kind of, you, you still have to show that, you know, you're able to provide, you know, something, you know, of service to, you know, the country. Armenia is, uh, I think, six months. You can live in Armenia for six months without a visa. That's cool. And then, you know, you have to go through that entire process in order yeah. to get in. So, I mean, like there are countries out there that, you know, they have, they have come up with different ways in which they can, you know, number one, get labor that they need, but number two, you know, get tax so revenue that, that they create, <laughs> it, make it so that way it's difficult for people to, you know, set up shop permanently. Of course. Um, and oftentimes, like, you know, that's one of those things, like a lot of, you know, a lot of place for a lot of places, you know, they're not looking to set up shop permanently. They're just looking to, for work, you know, for mm -hmm. a specific amount of time. And, you know, if we made it a very clear process, you know, very clear, uh, you know, uh, work, work visa, you know, for a certain amount of time, you know, a work green card or something like that, you know, yeah, we would yeah. be able to do, I think, I think, honestly, we would be able to solve the quote unquote immigration issue because you would have much fewer people actually looking to immigrate to the country you would have people that would be coming for work you know and have the understanding that it's like hey you know at a certain point you got to go home for three months or whatever yeah unless you're haiti i think haiti should just be cleared out i think everybody from haiti should be moved to somewhere else we should make a plan and then we should just blow that island up because it seems to be hell Sorry, Ugh. sorry, sorry, Haiti, you're not on my list of countries. So I just, it's always seems like a disaster and it always seems like gang mob rule and people are dying and suffering and there's tornadoes and tsunamis and hurricanes and it's like earthquakes and it's like maybe people shouldn't live there right now. You know? Yeah, Haiti has kind of been one of those places where, you know, if you believe in God, it's like, and fuck that place in particular. Right. You know, but it's, it's also one of those ones where it's like, you know, there was, there was requests for, you know, us to go in and, and, you know, provide some type of security for the island deal with the, the gangs and the mob rule. I, I know that at one point that was requested of us and we said, yeah, no, that's we not don't our want job. It. We don't want to own that. 
the Dominican Republic has looked at, you know, doing stuff with that with Haiti because yeah. you know the island is split, and you know where they're looking at, you know, potentially dealing with that, you know, problem themselves. I don't know if that's actually ever going to come to fruition or not. You know, mm. there's been requests by, you know, from from the Dominican Republic, you know, to I think the UN to deal with that the issues that are happening in Haiti. Nothing's happened there, no. like. I don't like Haiti has just been on this real string of fucking terrible luck. Yes. Yes. We should move everybody out of it until it's, you know, stabled again. You know, <laughs> I don't know. I feel really bad for people from Haiti. I feel bad like, for or, people or, from China, by the way. Or, so. or with Haiti, you, that's where you actually have to send in like a real strong, dedicated UN peacekeeping mission. <sighs> you know, in a way you're going to be dumping billions of dollars into it for decades. I mean, no matter what you do, you're going to be dumping billions of dollars into it for decades. Whether you, like you said, move everybody off the island. Uh -huh. Yeah, move everybody off. I mean, get your labor in order. Every country, in the, there's a, 200 countries in the world. Divide that by the number of people from Haiti. Send them there and then let Haiti do what it's going to do. It's like a cold sore on the earth and people are living on that. And we got to... Uh, we got to treat people better. We got to show them there's better out there than living on a canker sore, you know? <laughs> or, you know, or you just have to actually like spend the money. Like, cause a lot of that stuff, like a lot of their infrastructure was never designed for the kind of, you know, the kind of issues that they were going to be dealing with. Earthquakes, you know, tsunamis. Earthquakes, tsunamis, Fuck. hurricanes, tornadoes. Like that's the problem is, is that you can, you can, you can sit down and say, you know, the island was forsaken, but realistically it's like, there, there were very few things about the island that were designed, you know, on, on that island right. that were designed to withstand, you know, the things that they've had to deal with. Starting with the government, starting with a proper government, you know. And that's the thing is, is that until, you know, that's where, you know, any issue you have, like with corruption, you know. Yeah. People, people have to be tired of the corruption and they have to be willing to do things to deal with that corruption. Sometimes, Hate to say it, it has to be extreme it has to be extreme russia instead of trying to get ukraine go for haiti you know what i mean expand a little expand oh that would horizon. not go well so, that would not go well <laughs> <laughs> vladimir putin is like trying to buy weapons from north korea i thought you'd like that that seems oh, hilarious yeah. to me oh it is it's absolutely comical to me that nor that they've turned to north korea for weapons manufacturing that's oof yeah I mean, he did just Oof. meet with Xi Jinping <laughs> from China. <laughs> Sorry, I love that episode. I just love our Xi Jinping episode. Oh my god! Like, but China, yeah, I, I will. I will say China has done a great job looking out for China, uh -huh. saying just enough to make you know the Russians feel good, but then doing pretty much dick. Right. Congratulations, China. They stayed out of it as much as possible. I don't know what happened behind the scenes there, but I appreciate the efforts. And I appreciate the efforts of Ukraine. Did you see all the land they, they took back? Fuck yeah. That's been um that's been pretty spectacular. Holy shit. Yeah. I I love you, Ukraine. Like honestly. That's been that's been a wild fight. That's yeah. that like who we like to watch the Russian army collapse like that is not to run, to run away in fear like that. Yeah. To, to drive their cars till they're out of gas for Ukraine to get to the border and find no border guards. 
like like yeah like it's been it's like so continuing in the, in the last six months you know russia has russian army has been the number one supplier of tanks to ukraine yes yeah they've been taking a lot of stuff like that right like the russians aren't blowing up their stuff like they were before because they can't afford it they don't have the ordinances or the north korean stuff just doesn't work <laughs> or they haven't gotten it yet because <laughs> i heard like they were used they were trying to use the iranian drones but they just were wonky and they didn't work right <laughs> that's you know that's that's one of the that. funnier ones this is like it's you know those shit like that is just absolutely wild to me because yeah. it's like you know everybody talks a big game until you know their stuff gets put to the test on the battlefield and i mean you even saw Zelensky, you know appeal to countries around the world saying don't buy russian equipment because you can see the results of it right here right and shit. and it's like whoo like spicy take from president Zelensky. <laughs> well yeah because there's the indias out there that are looking to buy everything cheap you know what i mean so well that's that's one of those things like you can buy cheap or you can you can buy yeah, well made something that works right <laughs> you know and, and that's the thing is like you know like i was watching a video where it was you know it was a russian t90 like you know it's massive main battle tank it's you know like everybody talks about the t14 the armada but the the armada is what we call parade readiness it's mm -hmm. not an actual fighting vehicle as yeah. of yet hollow but, but uh the t90 is and you know russia was like ah oh, yes our t90 will we will demonstrate its you know power on the battlefield and the videos of it just getting fucking demolished is just impressive like whoo we is ukraine ukraine is ukraine winning because of the technology they're getting or because of the soldiers that are willing to use it yes yes it's you know it's 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 multiple things you have to look at it as it's multiple efforts the the reality is is, is that you can give an army as much technology as you want but if you mm -hmm. don't have a force that's willing to fight it don't yeah. matter what you give them you know yeah. uh, uh, you know it, you you can you can literally prop them up with you know trillions of dollars of weapons but if they don't want to use it then what's the fucking point Right. or you know you know we've provided training we've provided munitions we've provided intelligence you know in this case the ukrainians have been ready to fight and they've been ready to fight hard yeah. and they've been willing to fight hard they have been willing you know to sacrifice and by all intents and purposes you know uh you know when you look at it from an american perspective these are the things that you know we were grow we grew up with you know mm -hmm. reading about so the fact of the matter is, is that the, the the things that we have given ukraine to wage war against russia only work because the ukrainians have that fight in them and they are willing to die for it yeah 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 i like that i mean and also russia pretty much blew their load in the first 50 days right like they just used all of their missiles all their cruise missiles all of their dumb bombs everything they had they just they just bombed people to death and now they have nothing and i just think that's kind of ironic well you know the their 
their soldiers are, you know, demoralized because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were told that they had the best weapons, the best training, and they watched this, you know, one missile yeet their fucking tank and, and entire crew yeah. without any issues whatsoever. <coughs> I mean, they even have cheap fucking drones that are literally dropping grenades into open hatches of tanks that are killing entire <laughs> crews. Like, right. Like I, I, you know, you're getting beat by a fucking two hundred dollar drone and a you know ten dollar hand grenade. Like that's right. not great. Those are not great results for your army. Um, well, they, you know, they've, they've taken like eighty thousand loss of lives, right? And they only really had a hundred and fifty to start with. With the they had a hundred and fifty strong to fight in Ukraine. Right. So that's that's the difference. Is, is that they do right. have more forces. They only had 150,000 to commit to Ukraine. Okay. Now, if they were to try and pull all, if they were to pull the entire army of Russia and, you know, go to Ukraine, yeah, it might be a little bit of a different story. But the fact of the matter is, is that the amount of equipment that Russia has lost, right. the amount of, I mean, the amount of intelligence that the West has gained on Russia's capabilities. And I mean, realistically, the amount of training that we've given, there is not an appetite for the general Russian army in in whole to go into Ukraine. Like because, it's, yeah, Vladimir Putin doesn't want to make this a war, so he doesn't want to show that he needs to expand in any way. You know, it's a special operation; it's not a war, so Russia can't commit to it in a full, prideful way because it's 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 a disgusting act to do to your brothers and sisters, and that's that's the state of he can't win the Russian hearts for a war in Ukraine and. He could have working up to it, but he never tried. Like he lies to his, his, he lies. So he told people, oh, Ukraine is gross, but everybody knew their brothers and sisters lived across the border in Ukraine, you know? Well, and, and on top of that, what's ended up happening is, is that, you know, they've gotten, the Ukrainians have either gotten a number one equipment that they're familiar with and uh-huh. able to use immediately from Russia yeah. or B they have gotten uh equipment that is easily on par with or in some case in, in a few cases much better than the equipment that they're going up against yeah. i mean let's be real honest the javelin missile you know has become saint javelin in ukraine because <laughs> that thing can take out a russian tank it, it it was built to do one thing and it does that one thing really fucking well yeah yeah. Turns out it does it really fucking well, even to the point where you've got Russians that are welding what they call the cope cage on top of to try and stop these javelin missiles. And it ain't fucking working. What's a cope cage? So, the, what you know, it's to help the Russians cope with the fact that they're going to die in their tank. Ah. <laughs> But uh, essentially, what it, essentially what they're doing is they're taking angle iron, they're welding it onto the turret of the tank putting up you know putting up these these bars and then welding a and then welding a cage on top of that so that way when the missile does its top down attack what will happen is is it'll hit that cage first and the idea is 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 that that'll stop it from penetrating the armor uh the top armor of the tank and you know essentially starting that tank on fire because <laughs> russian tank design so russian tanks are auto loading tanks okay so whenever that gun fires it automatically will cycle through load the next round and charge okay. and then fire again now in our tanks our tanks are manual load so we have uh, we have man- we have auto loading assistance so like it's like here's the next round we ram it in right so like 
our ammunition is stored in a very solid, safe compartment. Well, with that autoloader, the way that the Russians have designed it, it all the shells that the tank has are stored in the turret and stored <laughs> around. So when you take that missile and it hits that thing top down, it lights off all of that ammunition. And that's why when a Russian tank gets hit by a Javelin missile, the fucking turret blasts off and, and goes up. I love and that. flips off the tank. Um, it's also why, like, when you use a main gun of a battle tank to hit the top and it it penetrates that top armor, it lights off that ammunition and causes that thing to just go up. Like, in terms of auto loading, it's a great design. In terms of survivability, it's a bad design. Yeah, well, I mean, how often do you need to semi-automatic a tank? Well, honestly, like, like you, you have to think about doctrine, you know, the doctrine was, you know, for the Soviet union was we had enough men, we had enough tanks, you know, mm. sacrifice was inevitable. Right. However, you know, could it be a functional design? Like say with a, um, let's say like, if you were to use a completely wireless tank, let's say that they, they did that. Would it be a functional design if you were to do something like that? Absolutely. Because then, you know, tank survivability not great but you would have crew survivability because your crew wouldn't be in the tank right um because of the way that it auto loads it auto loads relatively fast but that speed of auto loading comes at a price you know and right. and that's where like you know tank design has many different thoughts and mentalities you know um <clears throat> you know the west has you know looked at armor as num the number one priority israel looks at cruise survivability for example um their their tank mentality is, is is that you know a tank is worthless without a tank crew and so they've built the merkava tank to be as crew survivable as possible because then they can literally take said tank crew drop them into another tank and you're off and ready to go mm. you can have a number of tanks but to train a crew and to have an effective crew is much more difficult. Right. You know, um, and so it's all about, you know, your strategy. And realistically, a tank crew is worth more than a tank oftentimes simply because a good tank crew, number one, is going to be able to take out multiple tanks before their tank is hit and rendered useless. But if your tank crew can survive, then you have something that you could use uh, a group that you can drop in and to another tank and just be off and running again western tanks have you know have focused on cruise survivability as well maybe not to the extent that you know the israelis have but i would argue that you know their doctrine has been much different compared to um you know western doctrine because our doctrine was more about fighting the soviet union than it was about anything else right you know Israeli doctrine was about fighting the Arab world with Soviet tanks. So, you know, our, our methodology was built around, you know, the tactics of the Soviet union, their method, Israel's methodology was built more around the tactics of the Arab world in Soviet made tanks. And so like, it, you know, it was a much different discipline. And, and so their tanks are very purpose made for what they were up against. And I mean, and, and realistically that's, you know, when you build your, when you build your stuff, that's what you want to do. We're about to have the first light tank, you know, the first new tank design in 40 years with the, with a new light tank. Cool. And, 
And realistically, is it going to go toe to toe with a, uh, you know, with a T90? No, it's not. But it can maneuver its way away from that. It's going to be much faster and it's going to have a very heavy armament. It's going to have great defensive capabilities, but it's going to be, it's made to take on tanks that most of the rest of the world has T-54, 55, T-62, um, T-72, tanks like that you know um not necessarily like you know more advanced takes like t80 t90 t14 chinese main battle tanks um (laughs) it's going to be able to take on the north koreas of the world it's going to be able to take on the irans of the world it's going to be able to take on you know what is most of russia's tank uh system okay it's it's purpose built it's fast it's maneuverable it's for reconnaissance it's you know to hit and run it's to basically lay out targets for the tank crews that are coming for the armor crews that are coming for any number of different things. Like it's a great purpose built design, but does, that it said, have re- does it have remote user access? No. Damn it. But it has its limits. It's also going to have its limits. Like realistically that thing takes a shell from let's say a T90. It, probably is not going to survive i'm oh. going to guess now but I'm the crew guessing. will maybe i, maybe. I maybe. have to guess because i don't know what its armor capabilities are if it has yeah. any type of new armor if it has any type of reactive armor if it has what it has what it will have is speed so it will be a lot faster it has a lighter gun i think it's got a 105 millimeter cannon on it if i remember right but it also has the tow missiles as well so it will be able to go for lack of better words, toe to toe with uh, a a Russian tank because that tow missile will be able to take out a Russian tank easily. That's right. And that one Oh five will be able to take out most armor, most other armor easily. Right. But technology in the, in the armament, you know, supersedes the tank. It's what they call shoot and scoop. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be meant to, you know, hit fast and run away. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Whereas, you know, like our, our M1 Abrams main battle tank is, you know, it's, it's, it's a spear. It's going straight through. It's, you know, it's meant to take on heavy armor. It's meant to take hits. It's meant to take damage and the crew will survive, Mm. you know, whereas this, this light tank is meant more, you know, to kind of bridge that gap between the infantry fighting vehicle, which is fast and has some capabilities, but it's meant more for delivering troops but and the slower tank main battle tank that doesn't move quite as fast but it is much more capable in taking on heavy armor so this 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 light tank is kind of that that halfway point where it's going to be as fast as the infantry fighting vehicles provide more support provide more adequate support but still it'll 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 be more powerful than the ifv less powerful than the main battle tank mm-hmm. have more armaments than an IFV, but less capabilities compared to a main battle tank. Totally get it. Yeah. We don't need a giant gun to shoot a giant, uh, shell. If we have a great shell, right? Like the smaller, the shell, the smaller the tank needs to be. So if we can maneuver around and shoot, shoot a shell that does more damage than a giant shell. then yeah, that's you have to think about, you have to think about the tracking system that's in there, in there as well. The computer firing system for those tanks, 
for for the U.S. Army is capable is capable of tracking multiple targets at a time. So if you have something that moves fast, can take out a few targets, right. map the rest of the targets, then you create situational awareness for the rest of the the tank right. column that's coming. And so if they know exactly what they're up against, great. Those tanks can hit targets at two three miles away without any like without struggling and so if you've got something that's fast and going there 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 and then you just you know all of a sudden there's just a volley of tank shells that come flying over (laughs) i love america sometimes jeffrey thank you for reminding me of that you know it's it's one of those things where you know there's a reason why we don't have free health care in college but (laughs) right But also at the same time, too, you know, Ukraine has been the greatest beneficiary of that, mm-hmm. right, in, in modern times. I I will be interested to see where things go, but I would say that our position in helping Ukraine has been correct. Correct. You know, and until Russia decides to cross the red line of using nuclear weapons, I think we're in the correct position as do well. Think, do you think they will? Do you think they'll use Zabarisha? Uh, I'm, I'm, I am afraid that they will. And I'm, I don't think they will. I think something might happen as lower command, like by accident, there might be like an accident, but I don't think Vladimir Putin's going to be like, do it. You know, you know, that's the thing though, is, is that, uh, you know, consistently I've been surprised, but like not in a good way. Right. Because, you know, the number of, the number of things that we keep finding is absolutely atrocious i you know yeah so do i think that they will i i think that your average russian commander wouldn't okay and 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 i i have i have faith that the average russian commander would not i do not have faith that loyalists wouldn't i don't have faith that Putin wouldn't uh i mean realistically like you know, no, nobody in their right mind wants the next Chernobyl with Zaporizhia. Time six. Yeah, no. Nobody in their right mind wants to see, you know, a nuclear missile hit specific parts of Ukraine. Nobody in their right mind wants that. But people who are cornered are that's going right. to make decisions that we wouldn't necessarily expect. Yeah. And that's and that's my concern is that, you know, when it comes down to it, somebody is going to make a decision at some point and there are going to be people that have to stand up and say no. Now, whether or not that comes anytime soon is a whole different question simply because, um, you know, there, you're already starting to hear, you know, rumblings inside of Russia about the way that the war is being run, the way that losses are starting to tally up the way that, you know, the average Russian is being affected by, you know, the sanctions that have been put in place. Uh And at some point, you know, there's going to be a reckoning for Putin. And there have been multiple, I mean, there's been some serious ones where it is, be- where I think one politician said, you know, when, when the tides have turned against Russian leaders, you know, one has to consider it is best to leave on their own two feet than it is to leave in a bag. Right. You know, things like that. And I'm like, holy shit. Wow. That's, um, but also too, if I were your average Russian leader, I would be staying away from windows because it seems that Russia has a weird case of gravity sickness. Yeah. People are just falling out of hospital rooms or balconies or cars are blowing up. It's crazy how many people are suddenly just being disappeared. 
like it's it's weird to me it is really crazy like like that's like I, what is the affinity with throwing people out of a window i mean it's like so hollywood <laughs> it's so easy in hollywood yeah like it's so hollywood and, and uh, it just boggles my mind that windows of all it's like oh he fell out of a window in a tragic accident i'm like yeah. one person falling out of a window is a tragic accident the number of people that have fallen out of windows and tragic accidents either makes me question the window making industry in russia but there's something <laughs> else going on everything is built on a slant right i don't know maybe it's just save your bullets for yourself well i mean that's one of those things it's it's <laughs> So my advice to the average, you know, the average Russian commander, stay away from windows. Stay away from windows and save one bullet for yourself. <laughs> stay on the ground floor, stay away from windows. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Public Access America. He's Jeffrey, I'm Jason. We'll be back Thursday. To those who would tear the world down, we will defeat you. This is our moment. This is our time. To those who seek peace and security, we support you. Yes, we can. And to all those who have wondered if America's still burns as bright tonight we prove once more that the true strength of our nation comes not from the might of our arms or the scale of our wealth but from the enduring power of our ideals democracy liberty opportunity and unyielding hope let me tell you something you already know the world ain't all sunshine and rainbow it's a very mean and nasty place and i don't care how tough you are they will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it you Nobody is going to hit his heart as life. Ask not. Yes, we can. What your country can do for you. I have a dream. Ask what you can do for your country. I poor little children. Yes, we can. One day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Welcome, welcome to public, to public access, access America. America. Yes, we can. Sunday live streams on YouTube. I wanted to run out of that tunnel for my dad. On Twitter, on Twitter. Apple Podcasts, Podcast, Stitcher, Stitcher Smart, Smart Radio, 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 Radio Public, and Spotify. Spotify. Yes, we can. Public Access Public America. Access history America. in the making. Making history in the making. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. 
Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.